Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is July 22nd, 2022, and our first story. It has been reported Donald Trump, if he wins in 2024, will fire up to 50,000 government employees. Trump, that's all I needed to hear. You got my vote. Now, it's a long ways away, so we'll see what changes, but you'll love to hear it. I'm sorry. I think it needs to happen. And that's what Axios is reporting, that Trump wants to institute Schedule F and fire everyone. In our next story, the man who attempted to assassinate Lee Zeldin, a Republican in New York, has been released, sparking outrage. It's a crazy story. And in our last story, Twitter has banned the word groomer. This is really weird that people are claiming the word groomer specifically refers to LGBT people. What are they saying about themselves? If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. He did it. The madman said it. Donald Trump has said it. Trump has announced he will fire tens of thousands of civil servants and gut the government to sort his agenda if he runs and wins in 2024. OK, I'm voting for Trump. It's done. That's all I needed to hear, Mr. President. You tell me you're going to fire everyone. And I say, OK, where do I vote? When do I vote? Tell me where to be. All right. Hold on a minute. Hold on. As much as that is exactly what I want to hear, we are still an eternity away from 2024. And Trump could, I don't know, run over a bag of puppies or something ridiculous. And I'd be like, eh, okay, maybe I don't want to vote for the guy. Based on this alone and Trump's track record, though, yeah, I'm very much wanting to vote for him now. And I'll tell you why. Ron DeSantis, in my opinion, better leader. I know, I know that the, the Trump diehards, they say, Tim, you are wrong. We need Trump and all that stuff. I'm like, look, man, I, I really do like Donald Trump. I think there's bad things about him. I don't like his character, a lack of decorum. But as I often say, those things are not so important to the bigger picture. And that's kind of why, I don't know, I am where I am. Look, Trump supporters don't care that Trump calls somebody horse face. They think it's funny, actually, and they like it. Me, I think the horse face thing is funny if you're going to be an entertainer. I don't know if it's a good thing if you're the president of the United States. But I also don't care all that much if you call someone horse face in the long run. Sure, I'd like a president that's going to inspire young people and inspire this nation to be proud and honorable. And I really prefer a president with military experience. Sounds like Ron DeSantis. I mean, he's, he's done a phenomenal job in Florida with protecting the economy, with growing the economy, with fighting culture war issues. 
Don't know how he'd be on domestic policy, but I think if you were to take them as their character, Ron DeSantis, 100%. But I think part of that is why Ron DeSantis probably would not purge the deep state, the bureaucratic state, the administrative state, whatever you want to call it. Donald Trump came out right now and said exactly what I wanted to hear. Because I've been going on Timcast IRL, our nightly show, for those that don't know. And I've been saying, look, I like DeSantis better. But Donald Trump is more likely to purge the corrupt crony establishment, to gut the establishment, to get rid of the bureaucratic state. And we desperately, desperately need someone to clean house. Well, I think DeSantis would be better. I don't know if he'd do it. So when Trump comes out and says he'd fire tens of thousands of civil servants, I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. So now we've got the mainstream media coming out talking about Trump's 2025 radical plan or how he plans to reimpose Schedule F. I love how they talk about Schedule F as if it's like Order 66 from the Empire, uh, from the Emperor. Like Donald Trump goes, execute Schedule F. And then like the feds go, you're fired, you're fired, and just start firing everybody. And they're like, no, we're all being fired. Yes, Trump, please do this, please. There's a lot going on. Questions about who will be the VP. Maybe it'll be Ron DeSantis. Now, the other night, Marjorie Taylor Greene said the president and the vice president can't be from the same state. I believe she was incorrect. I didn't know that. And so I fact checked it, fact checked it today. And it seems that's actually not true. Now, far be it from me to be a legal expert. Maybe it is, but I believe it's not. Donald Trump recently went to New Jersey. So he's not in Florida anymore. And if he declares his residence as New Jersey, well, then should be particularly interesting either way. I really do think there's a strong possibility of a vice president DeSantis, because as much as many people are saying that DeSantis wouldn't want to do it, he wants to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DeSantis will run. Donald Trump and DeSantis will be on the debate stage. Trump will win. And then he'll walk over to DeSantis, shake his hand and say, let's do this. Because who else is going to be Pence? No way. Trump DeSantis 2024. It's going to be revolutionary. And when Donald Trump gets in, I hope, I hope he sticks to this plan. Because I'm going to tell you, my friends, Trump promised to drain the swamp. And that's why many people voted for him. Did he? No. Well, some say he didn't drain it of the swamp monsters. He did drain the swamp, exposing the swamp monsters. And fair point, fair point. In his first term, he drained the swamp waters, but not the swamp monsters. Unfortunately, he actually brought some swamp monsters in like Bolton. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. If my pick is between Biden, Harris, Buttigieg, Newsom, and Trump, Trump. And if if it's between Trump and DeSantis, I got to say, I would rather bet on the guy who's saying it's time to fire the bureaucratic state. Let's talk about the story. Let's read it. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member. Support our work. And you can get access to uncensored TimCast IRL shows. We had a really interesting conversation with Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday about what Republicans plan to do when they take power in November, as it, or I should say, truly in January. But what are they going to do as it pertains to the 2020 election with their views on it? I'm not saying you have to agree with them on their views. What's their, what, what actions will they take? Marjorie told some really interesting stories. Check it out at TimCast.com and also check out our latest show, Tales from the Inverted World, hour long audio visual storytelling experience about the search for the lost Confederate gold. Our investigative reporter, Shane Cashman, someone threatened his life. Go to TimCast.com, sign up today and support our journalists and our shows and our hard work. 
And don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Without further ado, here's the big news. Oh, man, I'm just going to when I saw this story, Trump would fire tens of thousands of civil servants. I just imagined the Elmo emoji with the fires raging behind it. Donald Trump with glowing eyes. You're fired. You're fired. We hope for it. I don't know if it's a guarantee because Trump can say a lot of things. But this this is Trump whispering sweet nothings into my ear. It doesn't mean he's being honest. The Daily Mail reports Donald Trump has plans to purge the so-called deep state beyond what any president has done before if he runs for and wins the presidency in 2024. And as many as 50,000 government workers could find themselves on the chopping block. Woo-hoo. Oh, I want to I shout out Michael Malice. I'm curious as to your thoughts. I have to imagine that the anarchists are all laughing and cheering. The real ones, at least. The form, I mean, I, 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 come on, come on. Antifa should be screaming and cheering for this. Yes, Mr. President, please fire 50,000 government employees. Yeah, but they're not going to because they're, they're, they're saying now, look, Trump's going to fire the employees to install his loyalists. Shut up. He's not going to be able to hire 50,000 people. He's going to fire 50,000 people and then try to hire who he can. Whatever. It's a good start. The former president, if elected again, would move with move in with the plan being drawn up now to drain the swamp and cut tens of thousands of civil servants from what are typically apolitical roles, according to Axios. B.S. They're not apolitical. Almost all of them are Democrats. He would clean house of mid-level staffers of the Pentagon, Justice Department, State Department and beyond and bring in thoroughly vetted candidates who are found to be more closely aligned with his America first agenda. After interviews with over a dozen Trump world insiders, the outlet's investigation found that Trump is planning to use an executive order called Schedule F, which he issued in October 2020 and Biden later rescinded. The order would reclassify tens of thousands of civil servants who were deemed to have some influence over policy as Schedule F employees, which would strip them of their employment protections. Ah, yes. Let's jump over to Axios. I just want Donald Trump I'm imagining it more of him being like, execute Schedule F. When in reality, he's going to be like, schedule, uh, execute Schedule F, please. Get it done. Fire everybody. Sources close to former President Trump say he would immediately reimpose Schedule F. If he takes back the White House in the 2024 presidential election, Jonathan Swan reports. Why it matters? It would effectively upend the modern civil service and put future presidents in the position of bringing in their own loyalists or reverting to a traditional bureaucracy, Swan reports. Oh, they're so freaking out. Trump, man, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if he'll actually do it, but I would love to see it. Drain the swamp. Didn't happen. Well, again, I'll stress the waters may have been drained, but the monsters are still there. Get it done, Trump. I think Trump learned his lesson. That's the issue. A lot of people said, You know, he should have fired Bolton. He should have pardoned Assange. He should have pardoned Ross Ulbricht. He should have done a whole bunch of things he didn't do. And I'm like, he probably didn't do it because he was thinking light touch, term one, heavy hand, term two. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. 
That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. In your first term, you want to get a little bit done, but if you want to maximize your effectiveness, you don't just take one term and go nuclear. You do a little bit in term one, and then you go nuclear in term two. They say, Presidents typically replace about 4,000 political appointees to align agencies with their new agenda. But below them are a mass of federal workers who have strong employment protections and typically continue in their role from, the, from one administration to the next. The Trump official who came up with the Schedule F order said it could apply to as many as 50,000 of the some 2 million federal workers. Other Trump allies say the figure will not be nearly that high because firing a smaller segment of anti-Trump bad apples would be enough to trigger behavioral change. Very interesting. Doing so could strip mid-level government staffers of any sense of job stability and set a new precedent forcing future new presidents to seek out and install their own loyalists through the bureaucracy. And what's wrong with that? Who elected these people for indefinite positions? Fire them. Russ Vaught, the former head of Trump's Office of Management and Budget is reportedly working on plans to make the security clearance process less onerous so that more government workers could be made political appointees. We are, we are consciously bringing on the toughest and most courageous fighters with the know-how and credibility to crush the deep state, Vought told Axios. While Trump and many of his former top aides and allies are no longer on speaking terms, the former president is relying on a close cadre of still trusted former advisors who are working with conservative organizations to line up talent. It's also thought that for top jobs, Trump will bring in only those who most actively supported his 2020 election fraud claims. Jeffrey Clark, a controversial lawyer who advocated for a plan to contest the election results and now finds himself in the crosshairs of the January 6th committee and the FBI, is thought to be in line for attorney general. Oh, man, just vote Trump 2024, baby. Policy, policy, whatever. Trump tells me he's going to fire everybody. That's all I need to hear. Sources close to the former president said that Rick Grinnell has a decent shot at a secretary of state nomination. As acting director of national intelligence, Grinnell was one of Trump's favorite officials toward the end as he worked to declassify material from the Trump Russia investigation. Grinnell, who now works on Newsmax, said the network earlier this year, said to the network, said on the network, sorry, I'm not going to stop until we prosecute Trump's former FBI director, Jim Comey. Oh, man, it's just so much fun. Cash Patel. What's up, Cash? Glad to see you on Timcast IRL. Would love to have you back on to talk about this. The chief of staff to acting defense secretary Christopher Miller at the time of the attack on the Capitol would likely be in line for a top national security job at the White House if he could make it through a Senate confirmation. He could even be appointed CIA or FBI director, according to Trump allies, I would love to see Cash Patel as FBI director. Please restore some accountability to these institutions. Cash 
FBI director. That's what I want to see. CIA, you know, fine, whatever. I don't know a whole lot about it. We've had cash on the show before. I've talked to the guy. He's a good dude. I don't know a whole lot about everything. You know, Luke really wanted to call him out on Julian Assange stuff. I get it. I, you know, we did an event in New York and I, I went off on the Assange stuff. My belief is that Donald Trump wanted Assange here because he wants evidence of what we're seeing with the Democratic Party and the Russiagate investigation. And he knows Julian Assange knows something. But Julian Assange is under, under no obligation nor the jurisdiction of the U.S. for these matters. And I don't like that Trump did that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend Trump administration was perfect in every respect. Absolutely not. They have to drone strikes. I understand the argument as to why they did it. They wanted to pull troops out and replace it with some kind of deterrent. I don't know what else you'd do. Fine. I'm not a fan, but maybe they're not wrong. I don't know. The point is, you take, you take the devil you know, right? With Donald Trump, I tell you, I, I went off yesterday with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I could tell she appreciated it because this one gets me really heated. They said that Donald Trump was poning up to dictators. He crossed the DMZ into North Korea with no security detail, ponying up to dictators. They could have, he had no security and he walked into what is officially enemy territory. It's a sign of good faith. It's one of the bravest things I've ever seen a president do. How dare they? Look, Donald Trump has his problems, but I want to stress that to all of you. Share that with all of your liberal friends when they're like, he's trying to be friends with a dictator. Good. The DMZ is dangerous. North, you see these videos of North Korean troops trying to drag South Korean troops across the border, people being shot trying to flee North Korea. Trump willfully and without security walked into that country because he wanted peace. Good for him. I dig it. You know, I've had my concerns about the FBI, the news I read. Let's see Cash Patel take that position. Patel was a key author behind former Rep Devin Nunes' memo accusing the Department of Justice and FBI of abusing surveillance laws in a politically motivated effort to take down Trump. Former Trump officials still in his orbit who are working on developing personnel policy and legal plans for potential future presidency include Vaught, former chief of staff Mark Meadows, former advisor Stephen Miller, Ed Corrigan, Wesley Denton, Brooke Rollins, James Shirk, Andrew Kloster, and Troop Hemingway. <clears throat> Others, who remain close and could be in contention for another White House role include Dan Scavino, John McKenty, Richard Rick Grinnell, Cash Patel, Robert O'Brien, David Bernhardt, John Ratcliffe, Peter Navarro, and Pam Bondi. Also had Peter Navarro on the show. It's remarkable when you can sit down with people like Patel and Navarro and they tell you straight up, like, here's what we're doing without a beat. Here's what happened. Here's what they did. Here's why they did it. Here's what we want to do. I, we had Marjorie Taylor Greene on the show yesterday. I am such a big fan. Marjorie, you are amazing. Now, I certainly think, Marjorie, I think you've posted some silly things on Facebook, but I don't know what I'm supposed to say about it. You know, they say they, they talk about her Jewish space laser thing. She made a post about PG&E and, and, and space uh, energy transmission technology and whether or not it could be used to start fires or something like that. And I'm like, OK, OK, it's the I'm just asking questions thing. What am I supposed to say about it? Am I supposed to care? This is insane. That they pull up old garbage, it's meaningless. You know what Marjorie Taylor Greene did do when she came on the show? She just speaked openly and candidly and fearlessly. And I was just like, I love it. I love it. Sorry. Don't know. Don't care. I love it. I certainly think she can have a bit more tact when it comes to Twitter because we talked about her tweets about Dr. Rachel Levine for sure. But you know what I, you know what I like and, and why people like Trump? Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about the conflict in this country and said sometimes she thinks a national divorce is the right way to go. You know, we want to avoid a war. And I was just like, whoa, 
you're a politician, you're in Congress, and you just come out and say that? I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying I respect that she's fearless in giving her opinion on that matter without a beat, without missing a beat. I've talked to so many politicians. We've had politicians on the show. And you'll ask them about the national divorce thing is big. And they'll say, well, you know, the national divorce issue is a, is a, is a, is a, well, it's a pressing issue. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it. And we've heard a lot from people who are angry about what's happening in this country. And so when you hear about national divorce, you've got to understand that people are concerned here. People, they're worried about what, what it means. And so I think it's an issue we should definitely discuss. And I'm like, what? You didn't say anything. Are you for it? Are you against it? Are you concerned? What's your, what's your answer? And they give you politician answers. Marjorie just comes on the show and she's like, here's what I think of him. Here's what I think of him. And I'm like, well, that's refreshing, isn't it? At least you know if you disagree with her or not. This is what I like about, you know, Peter Navarro, Cash Patel. They come on the show. They're just straight up like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, hold on there a minute. Nobody gets freebies. I certainly think there were a few questions where Cash was like, I don't know if I can answer that question. Some things are classified. But I think they're trying to be honest. They legitimately feel the way they do. I don't see these people as just trying to exploit things for personal gain. I think there's a righteous indignation of frustration and legitimate values behind what they're doing. Not every single one of them and not all the time. I'm saying it's the rule, not the exception. When I see Democrats, it's the exception, not the rule. They tend to be Many of these people lying like AOC pretending to be handcuffed just for gain, for power. I'm not into that, man. There are people who are willing to sit down and talk with me, and I'm willing to say things. We had Matt Foldy on the show. He just won his primary in, in Maryland. And I said, are you going to will you vote to impeach Biden? And he was like, I don't know if we should do that. And I was like, I think it's a bad idea. What, what, we, we don't need Republicans going in there and doing nothing. We need accountability for Biden. They're willing to come and sit down in front of me when I'll say that to them. I respect it. I do. Very few Democrats, if any, would come. Human events. Chris Barron writes, Trump 2024 crushed the establishment. Elmo emoji. Fire. Yes. I'll read a little bit of what he says in his op-ed because his title hits the nail on the head with the hammer. Since the end of Trump's first term, I have wondered, at first to myself and then to a smaller circle of colleagues in confidence, whether or not Trump should run in 2024. I firmly believe that had the election of 2020 been played under the rules of 2016, Trump would be heading towards the midterms on a second term. That's a good point. I mean, rules were changed, right? Voting rules, mail-in voting, the, how COVID affected things. I agree with that. I think universal mail-in voting, they, it, it put Joe Biden, it, it made it so ridiculously easy for Democrats to campaign. They were able to, let's just say, very easily get the votes from people who normally probably wouldn't care. Every single one of the changes made to how we vote, how we protect or don't protect against voter fraud, every single one of those changes was made to aid Biden. I don't know if every single one was. Republicans thought that with their change in the voting rules in Pennsylvania, they have this thing in Pennsylvania, I guess, where you can just be like, I vote Democrat and then Democrats get everybody. Republicans thought, OK, we'll do universal mail-in voting, but you don't get the down ballot vote anymore. They thought then people might be like Republican, Democrat, Democrat, Republican, and they would make some gains. Turned out... Well, it may have actually worked a little bit in their favor, but for the most part, no, it just really helped uh, Democrats. But I do think they were trying to help themselves. So he goes on, talks about 2016, Trump winning the nomination. In short, he won the nomination and the presidency promising to crush the GOP establishment that had gotten rich, fat and happy at the expense of the American working class. And this is what we're seeing. We are seeing the Republican Party has become more racially diverse and more working class. And the Democratic Party has become wealthier and whiter. 
Donald Trump really did speak to a new coalition. Chris says, I don't care if a Trump presidential run motivates the left. I don't care if it turns off soccer moms. What is the point of electing a Republican if that Republican returns us to the bad old days of the pre-Trump GOP? President Trump is our only hope to permanently crush the GOP establishment. Nothing is more important. Ah, you know, I can see it now. Democratic establishment probably sitting in their chairs, seething. Tim Pool made a video praising Trump again. Oh, they want to include me in their garbage January 6th nonsense. Oh, come on. I can say it all day, every day. The riots on January 6th were horrible, and those people should be prosecuted. People should not have gone to the Capitol. They should have gone to the, to the uh, um, ellipse and heard Trump speak peacefully. The people who got violent, they were bad people. Yeah, I don't care for any of that stuff. Violence doesn't work. We need Trump to win. So people showing up on January 6th did not help Trump. It's only hindered him. The people who went to the Capitol and, and fought with cops helped Democrats, period. I want Trump to get elected, walk in, you know, loosen his collar a little bit. Mm, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. I want him to write a, uh, you, know, you know, that meme where he's signing the bill and then he holds it up. I want him to do that. You're fired and then holds it up and shows everybody and then everyone leaves the room. Not his administration, obviously. The point is fire everyone. Predicted says, who will win the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? Ron DeSantis at 35 cents. I, would have, I, would have, I was more leaning towards DeSantis before today. Donald Trump, 44 cents. Trump's, Trump's supposedly going to announce soon that he's running. He said, you know, he's made his decision. The point is what the, the idea now is before the midterms or after. I think Trump is going to announce relatively soon. So uh, on our side, we're like, hitting up the Trump people like we need to get Trump on Timcast IRL ASAP. I mean, I think it's a reach, but I would absolutely love to have Trump announce on IRL that he was running for president because at this point I've heard enough. Trump, it's come out that you're going to fire everybody. You got my vote. Now that may change because we're still a couple years out. But based on that alone, I will vote for this man again. I said it the other day. Based on what Trump did in 2020, I'd go back in time and vote for him in 2016. When I saw Trump running, I thought, you know, look, he's, he's a bad attitude, character defect, whatever you want to say. And I just don't believe he's going to do any of this stuff. Republican saying all these nice things. Then Trump gets in and he's like, I'm going to keep my promises. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. It matters to me. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? I dig it. There were problems. There were mistakes. I get it. Trump's not perfect. He's got an ego for sure. But the economy was doing well. And the foreign policy, ah, oh, the foreign policy, man. You want me to say it again? Abraham Accords. Commercial flights flying from, you know, to Israel from over Islamic countries. Wow. It's amazing. Commerce opening up between Israel and some of these countries. Incredible. Peace bring coming to the Middle East. You just love to see it, man. You do. North Korea. Crossing into that DMZ. I, I, I was nearly in tears seeing what Donald Trump was willing to do in the name of peace and and to to hell with everybody who tried to spit on Trump over what he did that day. I, w I will not. I refuse to accept the insults on Donald Trump over that day. I got no problem saying, come on, Trump, do you really got to say horse face? Be a president, be presidential. But you come to me and tell me that Donald Trump was poning up or trying to 
you know, kiss the ass of a dictator by by walking into the, you know, North Korea. And I'm like, shut your mouth. Donald Trump. One of the most courageous things. Himself with no security crossing the DMZ, the demilitarized zone into North Korea. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. The war never stopped. It's an armistice. And Trump said, let me walk without protection into enemy territory in a sign of good faith. And that's a standing ovation. I'm welling up. I want to see the Korean Peninsula reunited in some way. I want to see people freed, free to travel, free to live. Now, I don't believe Kim Jong-un would do that. I believe the North Korean regime is sickening. But that's all the more uh, credit to Donald Trump that Kim Jong-un is despotic. And he's got no reason to change his ways. So Trump was just risking everything. I hope people really understand that. You know, I, I think the reason I saw it that way is because, you know, people often talk about their family histories. And for a lot of people, it really is easy to look back at your European history. You know, for white people in this country, it's like my family came from Germany. They came on the boat in this year. And, you know, my family's from Italy and we went back to the old country. I know people are like my grandma lives in France and I, you know, I went and visited her and my mom moved here. Then I, I was born in America. For me, my family came from all over. You know, Britain, Ireland, Germany, and Korea. And my, my family, the Korean side of my family, I can't go to the towns of my, of my you know, recent family, my great-grandparents, my grandparents. I can't, of my grandparents, I should say yes, right. I, I, I should clarify. My great-grandparents. Because one of those cities is in, is in the north. It wasn't North Korea back then. It was one Korea. So seeing what Donald Trump Man, it felt like it was, a, it was almost deeply personal, something that mattered to me. But it was, it was, that was leadership, and that was bravery. Now, I'll start to round DeSantis again, because as much as I, I can be critical of a lot of what Trump does, and I think it's fair, I always want to stand and defend what he did in North Korea. Because, you know, the other day, Jamie Kilstein, he's a liberal, progressive guy, but less woke now that he's kind of woken up to what the woke really is. And he was like, no one's ever explained it to me that way. That's what Trump did. They always just said he was trying to pony up to dictators. But no one's ever actually said it that way. And I'm like, yeah, they could have just killed him. And then what? What, are we really going to go to war? They could have, they could have, they could have done whatever they wanted to the man. Ron DeSantis, he's leadership, my friends. He is leadership. What he's done in Florida, he's proven so much. He, the, with the economy, with the culture war issues, with the, uh, the parental rights and education. He's got military leadership. 
Some I heard some people say that he was a SEAL. I don't know if he was a SEAL. I know he was he was JAG, so he's got military and legal experience. That's what I like to hear. And he's, he's, he's in his 40s. He's younger. Maybe what we, re, we really need is not for Trump and DeSantis to be head to head. It's for to, it to be a Trump DeSantis ticket. Everybody then goes, don't take DeSantis from us. Florida needs him. Yeah, but DeSantis can endorse someone else. And think about it this way. If DeSantis becomes Trump's VP and he endorses another person in Florida, and then that person is as good as DeSantis, we get two DeSantis. DeSant- DeSantis is? DeSantis I? DeSanti? Whatever. You get the point. Trump DeSantis ticket would be, would be phenomenal. You'd get the, the PR tact and savvy of Ron DeSantis. And let's not forget, Ron DeSantis' wife is also particularly savvy too. And the power behind DeSantis in many ways. And you will get the, the fierce, the fierceness of Trump, the foreign policy of Trump. I love the, the, the culture war leadership on DeSantis. Trump needs someone who's younger, who can explain to him a lot of what DeSantis did and why it worked. That's why I think that is a ticket right there, my friends. Trump DeSantis. Then after 2028, you get DeSantis for four, uh, for eight more years. Let's take it, baby. Now, look. It depends on what happens culturally. The woke, I think, are destroying the, de- uh, the Democrats. And so they're, they're paving a pathway for Republicans just to sweep and take over. It's that simple. Ron DeSantis and Trump have a clear path because wokeness freaks people out. And right now, what really matters to people is not Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, it, it, let, let, let's see, as we got updates here. Three new updates. Has he been convicted yet? There we go. As I'm recording this, Steve Bannon's found guilty of contempt for defying January 6th committee subpoena. We knew that was going to happen because the D.C. jury. I think it's wrong. But do the American people care? No, they don't. Literally, they don't. They care about gas prices. They, they, they post videos where they're screaming, why is it 100 bucks to fill up my tank? I can't get to work. Man, it's crazy. Imagine working, getting paid four or 500 bucks a week. And you got to fill up twice a week, 200 bucks right there. You get four or 500 bucks. You got to pay taxes. You got a hundred bucks left over. How do you pay rent? Crazy. All right, let's be real. Let's, fi- let's say 500 take home because no one's getting paid 10 bucks an hour for the most part. Let's say you're getting 20 bucks, 800 bucks. You take home six. You spend 200 in gas. You got 400 left. And you're just like, I got no money for anything, man. How do you pay your health insurance? We got to do something about this. We got to change this. So this this news broke literally uh, two minutes ago as I'm recording this. They say a federal jury found him. uh, They reached a verdict. They found him guilty. We'll see what that really means. A federal jury found former Trump advisor Bannon guilty of contempt of Congress. Bannon didn't even bring any witnesses in. I think they knew it was going to be case closed. So what's the strategy here for Bannon? I don't know. But I think in the end, and I got to tell you, the Democrats have started arresting former administration officials. Here we go. This is what they're doing. Contempt of Congress. I think we need we need to get rid of the speech and debate clause. I think uh, members of Congress should be held accountable. And we need. This is insane. The power that Congress has. Contempt of Congress for defying subpoenas. It should be a civil lawsuit to force you to comply, not jail time, not criminal. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I don't know enough about law.
But I'll wrap with this. This is why exa- exactly why Donald Trump needs to get in and fire everybody. And not just him. We got to get Congress, get the incumbents out, bring in some real people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, a real person. Oh, they hate her so much. Now, I, I, I can mention, you know, there's I got criticisms of her. I, I mention it. Policy wise, I don't think I agree with everything she says, but she's fairly moderate. She's not even far right like they call her. She's like fairly, fairly moderate. She talks about like, well, what people want to do in the privacy of their own homes. I'm like, that's like a liberal position. But because she wants accountability, she speaks her mind. They smear her. We'll see where this Bannon story goes. But I'll tell you one thing. It ain't going to be helping Democrats win in November. We'll see in 2024 about Trump. Maybe, maybe my position will change. We'll see what he has to offer. Next show, uh, next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yesterday, Congressman Lee Zeldin was attacked. A man apparently attempted to assassinate him, though he was only charged, I think, with like second degree assault. A man climbed up on stage as Lee Zeldin was giving a speech and pulled out a knife. Well, I believe he had the knife out already. Zeldin grabbed his wrist. Someone else came and grabbed him, subduing him. And I, I suppose it is believed that I, I, it's being reported. This guy tried to kill him. The, the neck was aimed at Zeldin's neck. Now, Lee Zeldin carried on with this speech afterward. Bravo, good sir. Uh, <laughs> he's got security. It's, you know, it wasn't like this guy ran up full speed and jumped on him or anything. The guy climbs up on stage, walks over with the knife and then goes for the neck and he grabs him. Whole thing is surreal. Here's the crazy part. The breaking news is that this man has been released on his own recognizance. The New York Post reporting Lee Zeldin's alleged attacker quickly released from jail just as rep predicted. New York Post, you don't need to say allegedly he is on camera attacking this man with multiple witnesses watching it happen. But OK, fine. I get it. Now, many people are saying it was a deranged leftist. It was a le- mm, No, it wasn't. Hold on there a minute. Hold on there a minute. Not in the way many people would actually believe. I believe the man who attacked him likely is based on a cursory, simple investigation. I believe it is all uh, in all likelihood the man who attacked Lee Zeldin is a Democrat. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, I did some digging and cursory evidence indicates Black Lives Matter uh, kind of support, kind of uh, persuasion, which is to say, I don't know for sure. I don't. Uh, a lot of, you know, whenever stuff like this happens, information gets scrubbed. And I've only done a bit of a cursory search looking into his history I believe there is very likely left sentiment, but not leftist, not socialist, more like Democrat radicalization. You know, last night we had the January 6th committee. They are misconstruing. They are falsely framing as much as they can. And this is the kind of thing that happens. I wrote an op-ed. I apologize for bringing it up so often, but I want to make this point before we get in the news. I wrote an op-ed for Newsweek after the January 6th committee falsely included me in a, a video montage of people calling for a red wedding or kicking the door in because I read the news quoting Donald Trump. And I wrote in Newsweek, this is what they do. They misrepresent for the goal of escalation to create chaos and violence. This is what we're seeing. This man who attacked Zeldin, it's a 43 year old Iraq war veteran. He said, you're done when he pulled the knife out and went for his neck. Now, 
Why would he do that? Is he a socialist like for Bernie? I don't think so. I think he's like a normal dude. I think, you know, looking at him, his family and digging into some uh, cursory information, normal, run of the mill, fairly average, not doesn't seem to be hyper political, at least as far as I can tell. I have not done a deep search. I just saw some some images, some photos, and I believe he was likely radicalized by the rhetoric from the Democrats. Now, here's what the Democrats are doing. They have been funding Trump supporting candidates with extreme rhetoric. They've been coming out. They've been they've been spending millions of dollars to help Trump candidates win. And then they go out on on the January 6th committee and say it's an existential threat to our country. And then you will get drunkard, radicalized Democrats trying to kill members of Congress. It literally happened. It, It actually just happened. Let me read the story, and then we'll talk about how the Democrats release these people. I can't. It's insane. And I got a breakdown uh, of who who this guy is. Timcast.com reports a man charged the stage and attempted to stab Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin as he spoke about bail reform at a campaign event. Zeldin is currently serving as a U.S. congressman for the state of New York. He was speaking at the VFW on Macedon Center Road in Parenton when the incident took place. Witnesses told Rochester first the attacker wrestled with Zeldin a bit and pulled a blade out. AMVETS director Joe Cinelli reportedly subdued the attacker. Zeldin, apparently unharmed, returned to the stage to finish his speech. I think he was on the stage the whole time. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, wow. In recent days, Zeldin has sparred with Governor Kathy Hochul, who is the Democrat Party's uh, nominee over crime in the state, reproductive care, and Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. In a digital ad, Zeldin said Hochul refuses to admit that cashless bail is driving up crime and putting New York families in danger. Now, look, I'm actually in favor of bail reform. I do not believe the state has a right to hold someone on an accusation. There's supposed to be a probable cause hearing. The state's not doing it properly. What's happening is you get arrested. You go before a judge. It's supposed to be quick. And your defense or you say, I should be released you have no evidence or until proven guilty, right? They shouldn't be able to just go like, now nah, you got to give me money. Well, what if you're broke? The state is supposed to say, here's the evidence proving like probable cause of a, of a potential violent threat. They're not doing it anymore. The courts can't handle the volume. There's not enough courts for as many people as there are. So they just say, don't know, don't care, lock them up. The state should not be allowed to imprison you if, you, if they don't have, if they've not, if, without due process. It is not due process to be stopped by a cop and locked in a box. Due process is getting to state your case to the judge. I'm not saying a full trial. I'm saying for, for bail and bond. Now, this guy tried to kill a man on camera. I watched it. You can lock him up pending trial. That's fine. They let him go. That is not what's supposed to be happening, but it's what they're doing. Hochul and uh, Kathy Hochul says that we should be cutting out Alvin Bragg, we're cutting out uh, Alvin Bragg some slack that he just got here and he's doing his job. I say to Kathy Hochul that she should fire Alvin Bragg today. Hochul in turn tweeted that Zeldin had voted against keeping birth control legal. Why, what does that have to do with anything? Zeldin has sought to gain momentum in recent days by assailing Hochul on a range of issues, including rising crime, inflation, state business given to a campaign contributor, and her use of state aircraft at taxpayer expense. Hours before his attempted stabbing, Zeldin urged his supporter on Twitter to fire Hochul and save New York. Well, here's the latest report. You ready for this? 
The man who allegedly tried to stab Republican candidate for New York Governor Lee Zeldin with a bladed weapon during campaign stop was released from jail within hours of his arrest on a felony charge, just as Zeldin had predicted. Get out of New York. I mean, look, stay in New York and vote for Zeldin and maybe you can save your state. But this is insane. In a tweet after the violent incident in Monroe County, Zeldin, who was running as a tough on crime candidate against incumbent Democratic Kathy uh, Hochul, said he expected his alleged assailant to be back on the streets in no time. His words as he tried to stab me a few hours ago were you're done. But several attendees, including Espinito for NY, quickly jumped into action and tackled the guy. The, uh, the attacker was, will likely be instantly re- released under New York's laws. That is what happened. Remarkable. Critics on Twitter reacted with a mix of incredulity and dismay at the news of the suspect's swift release. This guy tried to stab a man running for governor and is back on the streets. Desi Queller, a GOP congressional candidate from Queens, tweeted, New York has truly become a sick place run by criminals. Ben Dominich, editor-at-large in The Spectator, <clears throat> wrote, Attempt to stab a GOP congressman on stage. Get released on your own recognizance. New York, everybody. Um, I'd, I'd like to say I don't, I don't care about cashless bail in this context. It's remand. You are filmed on camera trying to stab a, a man running for governor. You are remanded to custody. I think the judge should say, you just tried to kill someone. If we release you, you might try to finish the job. Lock him up until the trial where you will likely be convicted because we all watched you do it. There shouldn't even be a $500,000, $600,000 bond. Zeldin, a sitting congressman from Long Island, was delivering a stump speech about bail reform in Parenton when he was uh, confronted. So here we have, this, uh, we have this from Heavy. Five fast facts you need to know. Uh, good job, Heavy. Jessica McBride pulling together these quick details as soon as possible. <clears throat> now, I did, as I mentioned, I did some cursory uh, investigation, and I believe the family likely is like default Democrat. That's only what I've seen so far. I'm not entirely sure. Just some cursory images from social media make it seem like default Democrat. Like they're not posting like crazy. I did not see anything where it was like 500 posts screaming Black Lives Matter or F Trump or anything like that. Mostly normie stuff, sports, you know, inspirational quotes, and the occasional Black Lives Matter, you know, support, right? So what I think is this guy likely is watching January 6th stuff, likely is listening to mainstream media, and he's just getting fired up. He's probably angry. He's probably got mental health issues. And then he sees the Republican and he's just like, these people, the media keeps telling me they're destroying the country. And then he just, you're done. He's probably just sitting there like, no, enough. Nancy Pelosi said so. He's a military veteran accused of trying to stab a Republican candidate. It's amazing. You can see him do it on video. He's an Iraq war vet. And the man who subdued him wants to help him. Yeah. They got, they got photos of this guy. Uh, according to Rochester First, the suspect is re- reportedly an Iraq war vet under the influence of alcohol. Authorities have not confirmed the information. I don't know what this video is supposed to be. I don't know if it's related. He was zipped out on the scene. The site reports AMVETS National Director Joe Cinelli stopped him. So there's a video of it. I, I, I can't play it for obvious reasons. It's YouTube. When he served in Iraq, I got down. When he, when he said he served in Iraq, I got down on my hands and knees and said, you know, we're going to get through whatever you've done here tonight. You're going to get better and focus on that. 
You can contact me after this thing is done. I was told not to engage with him right now. I think it's very important. We obviously have a mental health crisis nationwide, not just with our veterans, but we especially have it with our veterans. He was at Fort Bragg in 2008 and wrote on LinkedIn, hire me. In 2008, Fort Bragg posted a photo of Jacobonis, the man, uh, <clears throat> the caption read, uh, you know, for, for uh, 432nd blood supply detachment, yada, yada. He has an Instagram page, but it only has a single photo on it. On his LinkedIn page, he wrote, hire me actively seeking employment. The page also, he received a bachelor's degree from RIT, yada, yada. I don't care about this. He yelled, you're done, Lee. Zeldin was speaking about bail reform. And now I want to show you this. This is an important context here from Heavy. Zach Fink says, very unusual advisory from Kathy Hochul just now, basically making fun of Lee Zeldin by mocking his campaign schedule this week and replacing his events with Democratic talking points about Trump. Weird. Usually the targeted attacks come from New York Dems. So we have this. Let me, let me pull up what uh, she's getting roasted over this for posting this. And it's a media advisory from Kathy Hochul saying Big Lie Lee kicks off statewide MAGA Republican bus tour. Just crazy. When this happens, she puts out these statements. And then a guy gets on stage and says, you're done. Yeah. This is what we are seeing. New York is releasing these people. Crime is skyrocketing and the Democrats just keep doubling down. I, I, I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. Is it an attempt to destabilize and destroy this country? Is, is that what they're doing? Now, look, you got to vote these people out. I think Hochul's going to win because look at someone like this guy who tried to stab Lee Zeldin. They're mindless. They're NPCs. They, 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 they are mindless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I like to point out, Michael Malice says, how could you be blackpilled when you can when you can see how stupid these people are? And I'm like, zombies are also stupid, but a horde of them is dangerous. This is a horde of zombies. Now, the zombies think you're the zombie, but here you are listening to disaffected liberal center center libertarian Tim Pool. And you'll likely listen to left-wing channels and right-wing channels as well. You know what I find fascinating is that people often tell me they listen to like Destiny, Jimmy Dore, me, and maybe Ben Shapiro or, uh, you know, Steven Crowder. And it's fascinating. They think, they think there is everybody just watching Steven Crowder, every single one. I remember I was, I, I went on Crowder with, you know, did a, we did a Skype thing and he's like, some of you love him, some of you hate him. And I thought that was funny because it's like, you know, the, 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 the far right, the conservative right, the center right, it is not the overwhelming majority of people who watch channels like mine, but the left thinks it is. No, it's like politically homeless and moderates and center right and center left. We get a ton of people like a quarter of the people who watch, we did a poll a while ago, were like liberal. That's how I describe myself. Mostly people say moderate. And then, you know, the next larger was like general Trump supporter. And Trump supporters didn't consider themselves conservative. I feel like what we have here for those that are watching is 
moderate individuals who just want to know what's really going on. And you have a, I don't know what you call it, NPC left cult. People like this. This guy's not a leftist. This guy's probably not woke. He's just an NPC. He's, he's a really dumb guy, easily susceptible to radicalization from what Democrats are doing. And this is what Democrats intended to do, to come out and say things like, you know, big lie and things like that about Zeldin, say that they're the most the biggest threat to American democracy. And you will get a normie get radicalized on, on, on this side or whatever this side is. It's certainly not the right or whatever, like in terms of conservatism. The attitude is, please pay attention and do the research for yourself and figure out who is right and who is wrong. But this is what we get. An escalation of violence. Zeldin's closing events will discuss his enduring loyalty to Trump, hard fought efforts against Trump's impeachment, his vote against certifying the election, blah, blah, blah. This is what they keep doing. They're doing this weird thing where they're propping up, propping up the right in, in, in weird ways, promoting their, their opinions and then saying it's the apocalypse. And now someone just tried to kill the guy running for governor. Let me just stress that because it looks like people are unwilling to say it. This dude pulled out a knife and went up and around towards the neck of Lee Zeldin, towards the neck. That is a kill shot. And they charged him with second degree assault. I think it was. Was that it? Felony, second degree assault or something. And I'm just like, is that is, is that it? Is that what they said? Do they mention this? Uh, second degree attempted assault, not even assault. Second degree attempted assault. I'm like, maybe you should charge him with attempted murder. He put the knife. He, he goes for the neck. Remarkable. You know what we're seeing? Take a look at this wealthy Minneapolis neighborhood is crowdfunding to pay for extra police patrols. Just two years after the woke city council pledged to end policing as we know it by disbanding department and defunding it by a million dollars. Is this is this really where we're at? Residents in the Lowry Hill neighborhood. Man, they raised $210,000 for extra police patrols. Minneapolis is using the funds to pay cops $107 an hour to watch the community. The crowdfunding effort comes as Minneapolis reported an 18.5% rise in crime. Officials claim the initiative will help police target crime trends and hotspots like defund the police. There it is, baby. This is what you get. This is what you get with defund the police. This is what you get with radicalizing democratic uh, behaviors. You've got here. Take a look at this, this, this story. Knott's Berry Farm stepping up security after multiple fights forced park to close early. It's not just about, look at this, massive brawl breaks out among families at Disney World, hospitalizing one. The temperature is rising, man. Have you noticed the fights, the chaos? You see the video of that woman the, the, uh, the, who's trashing the, the fry, the burger place? What's going on in this country? People are starting to lose their minds, and it's not just this, this assassination attempt. It is people fighting at theme parks. So I'll tell you what I think. The stressors, people need to understand it's probably worse than we even realize. Many of you sitting at home, things are bad. I saw a viral video of a woman screaming about how it was a hundred bucks to fill up her gas tank and she blames the Republicans for it. And I'm like, lady, look at who's running the country right now. It's not the Republicans. But that's what they do when you're radicalized. You can look to the government who's literally in charge, Democrats, and then say, but it's going to be the Republicans' fault. Why? The Democrats are putting through whatever they want. 
save the filibuster, mind you. Radicalization. People are experiencing pain and suffering. They're going to start focusing their anger in whatever direction they can. If you're a Democrat, they're focusing it in the direction of Lee Zeldin and Republicans. And if you're a regular person, people just start beating each other in the streets, smashing up stores. It's a breakdown. Now you've got bail reform, cashless bail. People are being released and the crime is just getting worse. The more crime uh, escalates, the more intense the stressors become on regular people escalating crime. We're really close to vigilantism. I'm not even kidding. We're getting close to the point where people are just going to go patrol around and detain and arrest people because they're already trying to crowdfund for more police. How much longer can regular people stand this? So the stressors of being locked in your house, of having no food, of having insane gas makes people go nuts. Crime skyrockets for a variety of reasons. People are losing their minds and they can't afford to eat. They're, they're losing their minds. They're fighting people in the streets. They're smashing up restaurants, making other people start to get stressed out and lose their minds. It is a cascade effect, and it is going to engulf this country more than you realize. We've talked about civil war here at TimCast.com ad nauseum. We just had some crazed guy try to assassinate a Republican governor. We just had a crazed guy try to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh, and they scream, January 6th, January 6th. Y'all are nuts. It was not. It was it was only a couple months ago or what, like a month or two ago. Someone tried to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Now someone. Is someone going up to Democrats and doing this? No, but January 6th, is going to, the committee is going to come out and they're going to be like, these, these MAGA Republicans are the greatest threat to our democracy. It's mind numbing. The Democrats are false flagging you. They're funding Trump supporters while claiming Trump supporters are the threat. They are releasing people from jails. This guy who tried to kill a guy. And then what? Are they even going to come and explain to you why the crime is through the roof? They're going to blame all the problems on Republicans, even though they're the ones running government. I hope y'all are paying attention. I hope y'all realize what's happening. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up on this channel at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Become a member at TimCast.com if you want to support our work. We've gotten PayPal off the site. We now use Dan Bongino's Parallel Economy. Support censorship-resistant platforms. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. James Lindsay was suspended on Twitter for calling someone a groomer. Of course, many of you know the word groomer, what it means. It refers to someone who is trying to introduce certain things to children by gently coaxing them towards it. Groomer, of course, refers to adult activities. It's when an adult goes to a child and says, hey, try this one thing. It's totally fine and normal. And the kid says, "Okay," And then one step at a time, eventually they get that kid to do disgusting things. Now, grooming does not mean you go to a child and you overtly and directly abuse them. It means you introduce an element of the abuse in the lightest way possible that would be deemed acceptable so that you can step one. Here's the idea. Step two, why don't you try it? Step three, isn't that fun? Step four, okay, now do the most egregious thing. And we've seen it. Drag queen story hour is quite literally grooming. It is. There's a a meme. It said, you don't need to ask yourself whether it's okay that an individual who's in drag is reading to children. You have to ask why an individual in drag wants to be in drag reading for children. The idea is to introduce the concept of drag to a child in a way that parents would say is fine. It's just reading a story. It's no big deal. But drag is inherently 
a sexualized performance. They rip their clothes off in exchange for money. I have to put it this way. Imagine we had go-go dancer story hour. Now, the women are scantily clad and exposed, but they're just reading books, right? No, you do not want to groom kids in that way. Well, here we are. I'm going to come out and say it. The Daily Dot has said Twitter says it will ban using the word groomer as an anti-LGBTQ slur, but its enforcement is lacking. Claire Goforth, who wrote this article, I believe is a pedophile. My personal opinion. And I will also go on to say that I believe the LGBTQ community is now dominated by overt pedophiles. I've not I've not believed that previously. There's a group called Gays Against Groomers. I think they are not pedophiles or groomers. In fact, I am friends with many of them, and I know they aren't. The issue is, you know, I grew up with LGBTQ activists. In fact, I even fundraised on behalf of some of the largest LGBT rights organizations in the country. I'll leave them unnamed. Some people probably already know who I, who I did campaigning for, uh, fundraising for. <clears throat> but now things are different. It used to be that when the right came out and said, if you legalize gay marriage, they're going to come for your kids. They say, no, we don't want to go anywhere near your kids. We just want to be left alone. That's great. Marjorie Taylor Greene last night on Timcast IRL. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. She said, I don't care what people do in the privacy of their own homes. That's between them and God. I'm out of it, right? And I agree. Hey, man, do your thing. You know, there's, there's an element of classical and traditional liberalism in do your thing. But now what's happened is they're directly going after children, telling them about overtly sexualized concepts. That literally is grooming, and they're lying about it. Now, here's why I say pedophiles have taken over. They are actively trying to stop people from calling out pedophiles using LGBTQ people as a shield. Well, that's it. When someone goes up to a child in a thong and asks the child to put money in that thong, that person is grooming the child, introducing overtly sexualized concept to the child. Me personally, I'd say that's a groomer. Now, if you call them that, what they're saying is you're just insulting them for being gay. And they're banning people. They started banning. They banned James Lindsay. Reddit has there was a there was a story about how Reddit was going to be enforcing some kind of rule like that. The Daily Dot reports that all the big tech platforms will now stop you from calling out groomers. That is to say, quite literally, if you see someone, uh, uh, someone abusing a child and trying to groom them and you call it out, they'll say you're only saying that because you're because they're gay. And then they ban you. Here's the way I described it on Timcast IRL. We're all at a playground and there's a, a, a guy looking at the children, walking up to him and licking his lips and going, ah. and we go, hey, hey, get that groomer out of there. That, that, get that groomer out of there. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of LGBTQ people walk over and say, hey, don't make fun of us. And we're like, what? I wasn't talking about you guys. I'm talking about that guy right there. You're saying all gay people. Or another way to, to view it is when I call out the guy for being a groomer, he walks over to the gay crowd the LGBTQ crowd and says, that guy's making fun of us, calling us groomers. And they all get mad. And I'm like, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about him. Wait a minute. How come y'all are getting mad when I say that? And that's why I think they've been taken over. Because when you look at like Ariel Scarcella or Brandon Strzok or, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos, there are many prominent gay people who are not for this and totally opposed to it. And so my question is, when I point to a groomer and I say, that guy's grooming, And then a bunch of LGBTQ people go, he's just insulting LGBTQ people. I go, no, I'm talking about the Peters. Wait, 
Why are you getting mad when I insult pedos? And there it is. They have no reason to be mad. Claire Goforth coming out to literally defend this probably because she's a pedophile, at least in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying I have any evidence. I don't know anything about this lady, but I'm just confused as to why anyone would come out and be and be in defense of pedophiles. Hands down. Why, Claire? Why are you actively defending pedos? Let us insult, insult them. Let us call them out. It's illegal what they do when they attack children. Why are you defending this? Actively fighting against those who are calling it out. These people are pedophiles. It's the only, only explanation. Or they're pedo adjacent. That they want pedophiles to be in the LGBTQ community. I, don't, I, think, I think child abuse is wrong. Let's read the story. Actually, before we get started, my friends, today's episode of Timcast is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Tales from the Inverted World, a Timcast show. Go to Timcast.com, click join us, check out our new show, Tales from the Inverted World. I got to be honest, the response we've gotten has been tremendous, but there have been many people who have been like, you know, it's not for me. And I realized something. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say this. It's an audio visual. It's a listening experience with images essays, creepy storytelling, and the response we've gotten has been overwhelmingly female. No joke. And I'm like, I wonder why that is. Like people who watch Timcast are like 80% dudes, but, t- but Tales from the Inverted World leans more heavily female. And I'm like, I wonder why. And, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend and she was like, we love this stuff. She's like, me and my mom, we li- this is the stuff we listen to. And I was like, oh, wow. But either way, I think it's a great show. So go to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work, and check out Tales from the Inverted World. The latest episode's over an hour long. You put it on your TV at night, you dim the lights, creepy stories, fun to eat popcorn, too. We got more shows coming. Check it out. Help support our work as we call out these creepos. Here's the story from The Daily Dot. Twitter says it bans using groomer as an anti-LGBTQ slur, but its enforcement is lacking. Updated. They say Twitter has said to The Daily Dot that it bans calling people groomers based on their gender identity. But in practice, it often doesn't enforce this rule. On Wednesday, the Daily Dot reported that a subreddit post inadvertently intensified pressure on the Twitter ban to call uh, to uh, pressure on Twitter to ban calling LGBTQ people groomers. Okay, let me stop. You're a groomer if you're a groomer. Groomers can be straight. Groomers can be gay. What they're saying right now is that if a gay person happens to be a groomer, you're banned. You cannot call them out. And that's why I'm saying They have pedos have long tried to infiltrate the LGBTQ community and they have now successfully done it. That's it. They have successfully done it. They want to say the slur has roots in the term's original meaning, which refers to how sexual predators coerce and manipulate children in order to abuse them. After the article published, Twitter provided a statement claiming that calling transgender or non-binary people groomers violates its policies against hate speech. So you literally can't call someone who might be grooming a child a groomer. If they happen to be transgender, insane. Quote, we are committed to combating abuse motivated by hatred, prejudice and intolerance. You know what, man? I will say it now. And and, and, and a lot of people have pointed this out. Five more years or less, you will see LGBTQP, lesbian. What is it? LG, a lesbian, gay, trans. It's LG, LGTB. It's LGBT. I thought lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, pedophile. They've tried to do it before. They are succeeding at doing it now. There was a famous TED talk where a woman said that that that, that uh, um, it was just a, an orientation or something they can't control. And it's like, dude, don't know, don't care. It's illegal. Don't normalize it. Don't defend it. If there is someone who has dark predilections, they can keep it to themselves, not act on it, mind their own business because nobody wants to know. 
And, and, if, and if you want to come out and talk about it publicly, you're grooming these kids when you do this with, with children. That's it right there. They say earlier this week, the Daily Dot reported a tweet calling a transgender woman a groomer to see if it violated Twitter's policies against be, uh, abusive behavior. The Daily Dot is an activist organization. Let me just say right there, activist organization. They got mad at James Lindsay because James Lindsay called out someone for grooming kids. James Lindsay got suspended for saying someone was a groomer because Claire Goforth, I'm going to say this again, Claire Goforth, in my opinion, must only be a pedophile outraged that someone would dare insult another pedophile. Claire Goforth, I believe, is a pedophile. I am saying that because I want to make that point clear. I don't see a reason why you would be overtly defending people who are grooming children. I want you to come out and defend it, and I want Claire to come out and deny it. Claire, are you a groomer? Do you groom kids? Come out and tell me why you are not a groomer when you actively defend them. Are you groomer adjacent? Do you want groomers to be able to groom children? Please, I'd like to hear it. Now, I will point out, far be it for me to uh, ignore the obvious irony. Anti-fascists, they say, if you don't, if, if you're opposed to Antifa, then you're a fascist. It's the only explanation. No, when you go and smash windows and light things on fire, I oppose you. I think fascism sucks. Terrible ideology. Communism, too, for that matter. And I think pedos are also bad. So these people that want to come out and defend groomers, just tell me why. Tell me why. No, 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 no. Hold on. I get it. If there's someone who just randomly calls a gay dude a groomer simply because they're gay. That's not what we're seeing, though. James Lindsay isn't showing pictures of a random gay man and saying he's a groomer. He's showing images of people grooming children. And you're defending it, Claire, because I think you're a groomer. I think you like to like like kids a little too much, huh? Carabayo told The Daily Dot on Thursday that transphobia and homophobia increased significantly on Twitter earlier this year, in part due to the steady drumbeats of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric from some large influential accounts. You see what they're doing? When you call out the groomers, they go, they're just attacking gay people. And Claire and The Daily Dot come out in force and say, oh yeah, that's exactly it. Ari Drennan, LGBTQ program director at Media Matters for America, agrees that Twitter doesn't enforce its policies prohibiting harassment and abuse of LGBTQ people. Most LGBTQ people on Twitter have had the experience of reporting things and finding there is no action taken whatsoever. Oh, shut up. Same thing for me. I've had people post my address and threaten me, and they don't take it down. YouTube wouldn't take down some guy threatening me. Twitter wouldn't take, that some, take down some guy posting my address. <clears throat> so spare me your, they won't take down the word. So they, they say, say, James Lindsay takes credit for the exponential increase of LGBTQ people and their allies being called groomers. <clears throat> he says, not only do I call them that a lot and accurately, I think I started the trend, Lindsay told The Daily Dot via Twitter direct message Thursday afternoon. Lindsay insists he's not transphobic or homophobic. He defends his use of the term groomer. I use groomer to apply to cult grooming, thought reform, say into queer Marxist ideology and sexual predatory grooming, which is not identical, but correlates. Adding, I only call things what they are. I don't play word games, despite my obvious rhetorical savvy. Yeah, um, no one's calling Ariel Scarcella a groomer, but she likes ladies and she's a good friend of ours. And she's not a groomer. She calls out the groomers. You see the difference here? When you have someone like, I don't know, Brandon Strzok, a gay man, or Ariel Scarcella, a lesbian woman, 
And I don't know if Brandon's calling it out, but I certainly know he's not on the side of this. But Ariel, for instance, has promoted gays against groomers. So you have gay people who are outright saying stay, outright saying, stay away from children. And then you have the Daily Dot being like, why? Yeah, creepy. Lindsay provided no evidence that any of the people are the called groomers, which includes the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention organization, are groomers in either sense of the term as he defines it. Yes, he has. He's quite literally defined it. He's quite literally said they're talking to children encouraging them to stay away from their parents and, and, and teaching them about overtly sexual concepts. That's literally what grooming is. What they're trying to do is they're trying to push the definition of groomer into like an adult who's literally engaging in the, like, the actions against the child, right? Grooming is when you go to a kid and say, why don't you take a look at this book? Let, let me tell you a story, actually. Let me tell you a story about grooming. I knew a guy. He got offered money. They said, hey, we're looking for uh, someone to come and hang out, be like a, a model. We need a model who's going to be like hanging out in like a luxury apartment. So they bring him up there and they, they tell him it's 200 bucks and they need him like taking shots like on the couch and things like that. And he's like, this is amazing. 200 bucks for an hour shoots a modeling gig. That's all it is. Who wouldn't do that while he's there? They say, kick off your shoes, sit up on the couch, relax. Picture, picture, picture. 200 bucks. Here you go. Let us know if you're right. We were always looking for more. Let us know if you want to, uh, you know, come. Now, right there, you say, well, all he did was take pictures on the couch, right? Is that grooming? That is phase one of grooming. Now, you're going to say to me, what? They didn't do anything. Let me explain. It was the people and their intention which made it grooming. The individuals taking the photos, they were, uh, what do you call it? Jig- jig- male gigolos, I guess. Is that the word? Pimps for dudes? Here's what happens next. They invite him back. He says, what's the big deal? I was just taking my shoes off. They said, well, take off your socks, you know, relax. He does that a couple times. He makes money. Sometime later, they say, would you, would you, you want to hang out in like shorts and a t-shirt? Put these on. Now he's wearing shorts and a tee. The next time they say, wear this day go, you know, sleeveless tank top kind of thing. The next time they say, just you're, you're, you're coming in from swimming, take off the shirt. Now he's just in shorts. You see where it's going. You see where it's going. But it started with them saying, just kick off your shoes and relax a little bit. That was grooming. The people who were doing it were predators. They were introducing them to, a, to an innocent, this guy to an innocent. I'm, I'm not kidding about the story, by the way. Someone I know. In the end, the dude became a male prostitute. Not, I, it is no way a joke. Welcome to the south side of Chicago. Eventually, they said, you know, look, we're not interested in the jeans and t-shirt stuff anymore because we already did that. If you want to make money, you've got to take the shorts off. And he was like, man, take the shorts off. And they were like, dude, you're going to be in a bathing suit. Guys wear Speedos all the time. Okay. That's all it really is. We've already got the other photos. If you don't want the money, fine. He's like, no, no, I, I do want the money. So it's just, it's just in your, you're in your, you're in your, your trunks, man. You're in your boxers. Then he does it. They do that a couple times and they say, sorry, we, you know, look, we, we need, we need more. We need you with no, with no clothes on. If we're going to keep paying you, look, all you're doing is taking your boxers off your, you, everyone can already see your body and your legs. What's the big deal. Then the next thing they were like, we want someone else in there with you. And he, they were like, look, you're already in here doing it. And then they sit someone down across the other side of the room. One by one, slowly over the course of a couple of months, they groomed this dude. And in the end, he was hooking up with guys and he was he was straight. I mean, so he claimed, but they groomed him.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One, they said, you want the money? You want the money? They made him dependent. This was his job. Take the photos, man. Couple hundred bucks. He needed the money to pay his rent. He wasn't working anywhere else. Now they had good money. After a, after a couple of months, we're going to take that money away unless you up it one more time. Up it one more time. That's grooming. What they're doing with kids is they're coming in drag queens with books. What's the big deal? You say it's the drag queen. What do drag queens do? Strip on stage for money. Have kids stick money. Have people stick money in their underwear. So when it starts... You ask the question, is it a real photo shoot? Is it a real story time? Or is there an intention behind it? And what we're seeing now is grooming. And that's the point of grooming. Groomers don't want people to know they're grooming. Groomers want to sneak in in the shadows, making it seem like they're doing something innocent. We're just doing a photo shoot. How many times have you heard those stories about the photo shoot? These women are told, you want to be a model? Fly out. And then when two months, it's like the women were being raped and trafficked. That's what grooming is. Photo shoots are normal. No one can object to that. Story time is normal. And then you see who's doing it. People who do sexualized performances, but it's just story time. Now, the Daily Dot is actively trying to get James Lindsay banned. Claire Goforth of the Daily Dot is trying to silence anyone who would call out pedophiles. Why? I'll give you an answer. Hey, what's, what are your thoughts in the comments? Why, why would someone actively try and protect a pedo? Calling out groomers who are actively doing this. I can think of one reason. They're a pedophile themselves. They're not defending other people. They're defending themselves. They've infiltrated the LGBTQ community. You look at Gays Against Groomers, an organization calling this out. Clearly, gay people are not pedophiles. Clearly, the LGBTQ community is not comprised of pedophiles, but it is being taken over by them. It is being manipulated by them. And as I put it early on, we can see out in the playground, there's a pedo staring at kids and talking to them. And we say, get away from those kids, you groomer. And the groomer walked over to the group of, of, of people with pride flags and said, he's calling all of us pedos. And they're going, hey, don't call us pedos. And I'm like, no, I'm calling him a pedo. Like, well, don't call him one either. And I'm like, wait, why are you defending this guy? Meanwhile, the people who don't like the groomers in that group with pride flags stepped out and said, we oppose the grooming. We're with you. This is what's happening these days. I, I, I you know, the funny thing is we've known that pedos have been trying to infiltrate for a long time with LGBTP, with maps, minor attracted persons, they have been trying over and over again to infiltrate. So we know this was their goal, and now they're doing it. It's like that, uh, that one individual who claimed to be trans, then went to a girl's bathroom and took pictures of little girls. You know, those people are, are, are that's, that's, that's not a, like, the LGBTQ community, the idea behind it is like, an adult woman likes women. An adult man likes men or either could like both, but they're adults, they're mature, and in the privacy of their own homes, they want to live their lives. Or, you know, they want to be a part of the community and not be attacked for it. Totally respect all of that. 
But the, what we're talking about right now with groomers is people going after children. Why? Because they, they, they're groomers. It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. This is what they're doing now. If you go on Twitter and you call them out like James Lindsay did, they're going to suspend you. Dark days indeed. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.